You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for the first day of a new trading week, so it's time for the opening this morning. I'm speaking to Nick Kunzer from Sandland Private Wealth. And Nick, the big story, of course, which is something that you and I have been banging on about, boring on about, and I have to say, in true Trump style, we're both right. The oil price, 20% down for West Texas Intermediate, 21-year low, $15 a barrel, and just slightly below that at the moment. Quite astonishing. Good morning. Yeah, I mean, we've we've as you said, we've been banging on about it for a while. I mean, it's the reason why I particularly like the commodity market is because they there is what it is. It says what it does on the tin. There's no central bank manipulation. There's no fudging a price. There's it just it is what it is. It's supply and demand. And and what we're seeing this morning, bearing in mind, if you remember, oil down about eight percent on the Friday session, uh, following through this morning, as you said, futures dropping eighteen percent. You know, there's quite a disparity at the moment between the price of West Texas and the price of Brent. Very much so. Um, and there are a number of factors in play. Firstly, for those who aren't active traders, uh, WTR, the West Texas May contract, expires tomorrow. Okay. okay. So we've got the May contract expiring tomorrow. So there's a big disparity between May and the next contract, which is June. In fact, if you look at June, it's only down 5% compared to May being down 18%. So a massive disparity between the contract expires, who's taking delivery, who's not. And then, of course, if you remember the West Texas contract, that is basically your bet on North America. Uh, the West Texas, the hub is basically based in a place called Cushing um, in, in Oklahoma. That is the main port that comes in for the oil into America. Um, and as far as I understand, at, at the end of Feb, we haven't even got March numbers yet. I mean, that hub storage capacity has 76 million barrels. It's almost full already. And, and as we were speaking on Friday, something like 160 million barrels of oil has been stored on tankers sitting out on the Gulf as well. So just a massive oversupply, no demand, classic stuff, throw in a little bit of a mix with uh, <clears throat> with um, uh, expiry and, and futures expiry tomorrow, and, and you have a perfect, perfect storm. And, and you see this morning, prices of West Texas down, as I said, 18.5%, as you pointed out, Lindsay. Which is more or less the spot price. So there's something going on here, because I did read a story that there's a very well-known and very secretive Singapore-based fuel oil trading company, which is legendary in trading circles and has a great influence on the oil price, whether it just be in the Southeast Asian markets or worldwide. The rumor is, well, not the rumor, it's actually fact. They've lost 800 million US dollars in mm. derivatives and, and physical trading over the last couple of months since this whole debacle started. Now, I think that this 18.5%, as I'm looking now at $14.88 for West Texas, uh, down $3.39, I think this is in my trading mind, is something to do with them having to liquidate contracts in, yeah. the, in the front month. And maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe we've reached the bottom here. Maybe the spot price at $15 a barrel is just, is just too much. Uh, I don't know. But it, just, it just seems as though this is forced selling. This looks like, this looks like distress selling to me. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I mean, the, the company you're referring to... Um Yes, family-run business. Uh, turns out, this, I think the son or someone came clean over the weekend and said there's a bit of a fudging of the books, as you said, for 800 that has been that hasn't quite been accounted for. And yes, that could that could tie in quite nicely with exactly what you're saying: forced selling, people getting out of a contract position. Certainly, 
majority of, of people who play the market play in the, what they call the front month, uh, and that expires tomorrow. So if you want to get out of a position, you're not going to roll it. If you're trying to square up someone's books, uh, you're going to be getting out in the front month, and that's why you're probably seeing it too. So, yeah, I agree, Lindsay. I think there's a little bit of that on play too. But nevertheless, fascinating for us to watch these these wild moves in oil. I mean, just to put in perspective, uh, Mr. Trump's uh, – uh, announcement two weeks ago that he had solved the shale producers and it was a fantastic deal. It was the greatest deal in history. Oil will never go down again. It's 47% down from the day that he tweeted. <laughs> yeah, which is that's a laugh against Trump, not for the shale producers. Or I mean, he said that he was he had just saved hundreds of thousands of US jobs. He hasn't at all. Yeah, we, we know that. Yeah, difficult to see when West Texas is the barometer they use on the shale fields. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's down 46% from when he originally spoke about it. And uh, the break-even point for West Texas in the backyard of the shale producers is anywhere between 44 and 46. So at $15 a barrel, they are all dead in the water. Yeah, a lot of people going out of business here. And this is why if I was an airline, I'd be buying my jet fuel uh, requirements for the next two years in anticipation of my airline opening. I would be hedging right now at these levels if the jet fuel price of course is the same as the uh, the crude oil price obviously there's various differences and arbitrage uh, considerations to take into account is this good or bad for the world economy it's good because it means that our energy costs are at, at rock bottom or at 21 year lows it's bad because people say well if oil is down then that means that the economy is stuffed and therefore the S&P is going to come down so wh- what do you what do you do I mean there's an argument on both sides here it's an argument both sides, but uh, you're sitting where you're sitting and I'm sitting at the tip of Africa in emerging market. From an emerging market point of view, it's actually good news. Yes. Uh, emerging markets tend to import most, besides obviously some parts of Southeast Asia, which are producers. The majority of emerging markets tend to import the energy. Uh, South Africa, case in point, where we import 100% of it, besides obviously a small portion of Sassel. But uh, that's still using the uh, the import parity pricing. That's an argument for another day. But from an emerging market point of view, it is it is good, Lindsay. Um, from a developed market like America, yeah, there's going to be a, a portion of them that are going to be underwater. And we're going to, as we said now, there's going to be a lot of sort of uh, the credit market in the shell gas lands is going to be probably defaulting in the next couple of weeks. But I think overall, I think it's good. I mean, the world needs cheap energy. You know, the world is not going to run on electric uh, anytime soon. And I think it is good news. And ultimately, it, it might take a while, but ultimately, I think this, will, this is a benefit for the uh, long term. Yes, very good indeed. It means our inflation rate is going to come down dramatically, despite the fact that it's um, the, the fall in oil is ameliorated somewhat uh, by the fall in the rand as well. But um, I, mm. I still think that the oil price is going, to, is going to win that battle. So inflation coming down in South Africa, maybe another 50 basis point interest rate cut at the next meeting. Let's have a look at the... Dollar rand is 18.88. The British pound against the rand is 23.55. The euro rand is 20.52, which is a 0.3% fall for the mighty euro, or rather rally for the mighty euro. Euro dollar is 108.65, which is barely changed from Friday. Speaking about Friday, the Dow Jones on Friday was up 3%, up over 700 points. S&P was up 2.7%. NASDAQ was up 1.4%, suffering somewhat after a really, really strong charge in the last two weeks or so. And uh, overnight, uh, Nikkei Dow down 
11.1%. And that comes after some quite bad trade numbers, not as bad as I expected, actually, but 11.7% uh, export fall. And that's the worst for four years, Nick. Should we just quickly focus on Japan? Because uh, suddenly they're, they're coming to the fore with some bad numbers and also some bad COVID-19 numbers as well. Yeah, and if you look at that region as well, I see Singapore sort of spiking up too. So I think that is also playing on the on the back of investors' minds this morning is we don't want to see a relapse in some of those regions who seem to have flattened the curve, as you said. Um, but uh, if I can just stick to that region, I think a little bit somewhat mitigated by the fact that China cut its benchmark lending rate this morning by 0.2%. That's, that's sort of as expected. So. Mm. On the one side, you know, one side you've got the central banks doing what they're doing, and on the other side you've got the reality, like you just said, with Japan. Uh, you know, very much the, the hard data continuing to sh- to to, so, to uh, show a slowdown. But uh, you know, who's going to get ahead of us? I'm not sure. The central banks are certainly once again uh, coming to the party. Okay, let's have a look at the gold price. I'm going to go not to my normal screen, but to Kitco. Yeah, the gold price is is slipping. It's down eight dollars to sixteen seventy nine. Uh, dollars per ounce. What else have we got? What's palladium and platinum, please? I'm just battling to get there. Palladium and platinum, if you would. Yeah, no problem. So uh, palladium is actually a little bit firmer this morning, up a quarter percent, uh, 7080 $7, per ounce on platinum. And palladium is actually having a nice day, up $50, two and a quarter percent up at uh, $2,210 per ounce. Okay, what's in the diary this week, uh, corporate and economic? Sure. Uh, quite a busy one, actually. I'll run through quickly. So we've got, uh, it's quite funny, I was doing the notes this morning, and, and digital seems to be the name of the game. We have uh, we have uh, Brexit talks between the EU and Britain are restarting today. Uh, we also have the UK Parliament's first virtual Zoom session. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure the founding, the founding fathers of that will be turning in their grave. Um but we have uh, also the House, so the House of Commons are sitting on Tuesday for the first start of, a, of visa conferencing. We have uh, People's Bank of China mentioned that day today. We have Turkey Central Bank, great decision on Wednesday. We have Russia out on Friday. And, of course, earnings seasons continues. And I made a note to clients this morning, said this is, the, this is like the lockdown earnings week because a lot of companies are going to benefit from this. So you have um, IBM out before we open today. Uh, there's been a huge surge in demand for cloud services as a lot of organizations are running their operations virtually. So it'll be quite an interesting uh, sort, of, sort of look into what, how they're doing. Tomorrow is also another one, the lockdown report. We have uh, Netflix. Um, the Netflix shares hitting an all-time high on Friday. That market cap is now $192 billion. We all know sitting at home streaming, so let's watch that one. And then we've got, uh, we got uh, HT, AT&T on Wednesday. We have Coca-Cola, Intel, and Verizon. That's all offshore. And then closer to home, we have quite a big one today, actually, Lindsay. We've got uh, the cabinet sitting in South Africa. Yes. Um, and I noticed with interest that, um, firstly, that we want to see what sort of measures have been discussed to with, with regard to South Africa's economic recovery because, I mean, we're now writing for food outside of our windows, which is not a good thing. But of also of interest, we have, I see that Cabinet has directed um, our Public Enterprises Minister, Pravin Gordon, to prepare an updated report on SAA to be discussed. So there's been lots of on the rumor mills locally here uh, within South Africa about uh, talk about SAA's work has all been fired and that all the like. But so far, 
no, nothing concrete for government, but that is out this morning. So I'll be flipping over to the local channels a little bit later. And then tomorrow we've got some Reserve Bank uh, uh, business cycle indicators, but but a busy diary nevertheless. Jolly good. Not a busy diary on the Stock Exchange News Service this morning. I don't know if my screen is frozen, but the last uh, Stock Exchange News Service announcement I got was at 8.30 this morning. Can you have a look at your screen? And see <laughs> no, if that's I... a shocker. No, I'm giggling to myself. It's a shocker. There's nothing. Okay, but what is interesting... Okay, let, let's have a look mm. at them now. South 32 Limited quarterly report mm. the share price down 2.4%. Life Healthcare Group, further trading statement and COVID-19 update, share price down around about half a percent. The one that interests me is the one that came out at 8.30 from Barlow World. And it says here, acquisition of securities by Zahid Tractor and Heavy Machinery Limited. Now, if you read this, you think, okay, what is that? Well, it's obviously a logistics company in the heavy machinery sector, because that's uh, the name of the company. Mm. It says here, Zahid Tractor and Heavy Machinery uh, Co. Limited is a member of the Zahid Group of Companies, a long-established, diversified group headquartered in Saudi Arabia. Now, they've taken 5% of Barlow World, and I think this is very interesting because Saudi Arabia has suddenly become very active, snapping up what they obviously perceive as very cheap assets. Whether Zahid is linked to the government or not, I don't know. Probably not. But anyway, Zahid, having a look at South Africa as Barlow World, well-run, fantastic company over the years, which has uh, fallen on slightly hard times, as everybody else has done. But if you look at the way that Saudi Arabia is working right now, they had a little nibble at the, the cruise companies, didn't they, yes. about, about two weeks ago? Well, they're, they're spreading their certain, wings. Yeah, Lindsay, throwing a certain football team too. Um, Newcastle, and, you mean? Correct. So that was taken from Mark Ashley. They've done, I think that deal's almost pretty much mm. done. So there's quite, yeah, you're entirely right. In fact, the Financial Times ran a, an article this weekend uh, saying that the Saudi Arabian Wealth Fund, and I think the other one is, the big one, of course, is the Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund. That's the, that's the monster one. I think that's close to a trillion if the rumors are to be believed. But you're right. All of a sudden, trying to diversify, and I guess, I guess if you've made money for decades on the oil price and oil looking a little precarious, to say the least, with some of these beaten down assets, I think it is attractive. So, yeah, I think it is very interesting. Um, as you said, sort of spreading their wings a little bit outside of that oil space. And uh, I imagine a couple of South African companies with, uh, that have been beaten down and still cash generative have got to certainly look interesting around the world for certain private equity groups. So mm. I think it might be the next leg, the next step we see as a – more and more, more of these companies uh, who, who certainly are operating well in this environment are certainly become attractive. On the JSE today, after nearly an hour of trading, Investec PLC is at the head of the leaderboard with a 3.1% gain. Investec Limited up 2.9%. Truworths up 2.6%. Capitec up 2.25% to 930 Rand per share. Anything outside of those on the upside, Nick? Uh, I picked up our friend City Lodge. Getting a couple of buyers coming in, but I guess you know it's just nice. it's up one up ten percent one day down ten percent. The next difficult to figure out you know where the real money actually is, but that's up nine point three percent to twenty nine rand. And I see a, it's a little bit mixed. I see a couple of the rand hedges coming to the fore. Um, British American Tobacco that's had a huge run, two and a half percent up to day, breaking seven hundred rand seven hundred and ten. But that is off the back of a, of a weaker rand that we see now. Uh, incidentally, we ran a couple of sheets this morning on British American Tobacco last month, up over 40% from its lows. So mm. you can see how people are going for these defensive qualities and also the Rand hedges recently. Makes sense. 
On the downside, MTN down 4.7%, PSG Consulta 4.3%, Loser Astral down 2.6%, South 32 after their update, 2.4% in the red, and Bulletin in that same sort of stable as South 32, uh, down 1.9%. Uh, uh, throw, uh, throw Cecil in there too, Lindsay. Where is down it? Five. Down 5%, 47 mm, Why is that not on my screen? Let me refresh my screen. I must get some sort of link with somebody who's got a live... A live feed, but no, no, I haven't got it anyway. Sassel down to what level, Nick? Uh, 54 and 70, which would make sense. Mm. It really would. This oil story is going to be the big one of this week. I personally think actually, I'm not turning around and saying I'm bullish of oil, but I'm just saying that this is a this is an anomaly. And um, mm. when we get to the June contract, things will start to normalize a little bit, exactly. So, just for a that is Tuesday. It's tomorrow night. Is uh, the contract expires, and then obviously from from Wednesday morning the new contract. So really, there's a ten percent disparity. So uh, yes, I agree with you. It, it, I think this is an anomaly, and we'll see as the positions are liquidated today. It's it's not calling the bottom. Nope. Not calling the bottom. Definitely not. But it looks well over. It looks a little bit overdone for now. Okay, Nick, give us the JSC indices after fifty five minutes of trading on this first day of the new trading week, if you would. First day of new trading week and uh, a five-day week after yesterday's four-week with JSC all share just a little bit up, 0.12%, 60 points to the firmer, 49,109. Uh, top 40 is exactly flat at 45,031. Mm -hmm. And drilling down the difference is very mixed story. So we have technology shares a percent, consumer on cyclicals, 0.56% firmer. Financials, just a bit better, 0.33% to the firm. And on the downside, healthcare dragging a little bit down point. Basic materials down a percent, utilities down 1.47%, and energy shares led by the, the likes of Cecil, as we said, down 2.3%. Nick, thank you very much. Uh, Nick will be back with me for the five o'clock shadow later on, and he's from Sundown Private Wealth. That was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.